Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist to the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. A top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Good to be back. I was missing being on air on, on Monday. President's, we, we haven't gotten President's Day off before. No, this think. is the first time since I've been here, so that's... Yeah. Well, you know, we had, to honor, we had to honor our presidents. Yeah, I will say, though, quite, uh, quite the nice day off. And also, you started to realize this weekend, this is a tough two weeks. No, it's funny. I was talking to my... One of my bo- one of my bosses, and he's like, February is like the slowest month in terms of like yeah. just traffic too. Like you know, like people clicking on sports stories of the year. It is funny. except maybe July. It is funny how we need like a football decompression period. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the XFL is going on, Jeffrey. I know USFL starting in a couple months. I watched I watched the four televised games. I suppose that was all of them. Um, wow. You, that's how desperate you were. Well, side TVs. Okay. I mean, you know, no, nothing was getting sound. Because it is. this is like, you know, it's a golden opportunity for college basketball. Like, this is when you do your research for March Madness. Right here. There's no question, but I don't know. Saturday was like a weird day in the sense that the good games felt front-loaded. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there was earlier, no, ni- there was no you know ni- I mean? good night games. Yeah, you're right. And maybe that's also because, hey, they, you know, all-star Saturday night and... And then, and then Sunday we had the Memphis-Houston game, which was an entertaining game, I thought, also, given how Memphis played. ABC had the stadium series, and shout-outs to Raleigh, North Carolina, man. Mm-hmm. That looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, it did. I mean, those stadium series, like, they've kind of lost their luster nationally, yeah. but when you get one, still, it's, it was, like, pretty it, cool. And it was the perfect thing because Raleigh hadn't had it, and they, mm-hmm. you know, it's right next to their arena, so mm-hmm. it was a cool scene. It was like that, and then the next day they had NC State-UNC yep. at the arena right next to it. Um Carter Finley Stadium. I've been. I've covered a couple games there. Yeah, and then I, I don't know what. I think it's PNC Arena. It's 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 your bank du jour that gets bought out every like six years. Yeah, unfortunately, my uh, my Caps did not have muster much of a fight without Alex Ovechkin. He's coming back next week, though. They're they're probably they're they're priming for the the playoff push. I guess um. it was cool. I mean, they had they had a sick flyover because it was at mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. and the planes had like it looked like fireworks coming out of them. It was it was pretty sick. They had the bat dog from the Durham, uh, the Durham Bulls mm. drop the puck, and then he was just sitting there. Like as soon as he dropped the puck, he was looking at both uh, both the Caps and the Hurricanes player, and like, "Please pet me." 
I, no, the, I did my the job. Problem they've, the, the problem with for a while with that stadium series is, like, they overplayed. Like, sure. it was they great did, yeah. at first, and now they've gone back to just doing one a year. Yeah. Um, but for a while there, they were doing like five, and it was just like you're lo- you know it's losing its luster. Here. I think it officially the the year they did it in Lake Tahoe and the ice melted. That mm-hmm. was a tough one. Yeah, but at least that was a cool environment. It was a cool visual. Yeah, I just realized when they were playing it at Dodger Stadium, uh, that was when I was like, mm. yeah, I covered one. The Caps hosted one in D.C. when I was still at the Washington Post at the National Stadium, and that was. The, the problem with it is, like, well, especially at that stadium, like, you're covering it from the press box. Yeah. And, like, hockey, you're at the top of the building, whether right. it's an arena or whatever. And, like, the Nationals press box is, like, literally at the top of the stadium. Mm. It's, like, a flaw in the design. Or maybe not a flaw. because no, <laughs> some, some, would say, some would say it was by design. Yeah. Um, but, like, you could – they looked like ants, if you will. Yes. But, it, you know, we had, the, we had the Daytona 500. Shout out to Ricky mm-hmm. Stenhouse. Yep. Um, I'll branch guy. I had Kurt Busch at plus 1600, so I was yeah. feeling pretty good on those last two laps. And then the wreck happens behind him. And then, yeah. Part of me was like, it's cool that they've added this overtime feature. It makes following the race harder. Yes. Like all the, all the dynamics they've added to NASCAR yeah. are like very confused. I'm sure the people who watch on a weekly basis are used to it now, but as a like come in for the big events type of guy, I just get confused. Well, by and it. then you also had the weird reality of, as soon as – so when you get to overtime and they do, like, the final flag, and it's like, mm-hmm. even if there's a caution, whenever we push this button, whoever's mm-hmm. winning at that moment, that's yeah, who that's we determine. And so you had this weird reality of Logano maybe thinks that he won, mm-hmm. and then Ricky Stenhouse is trying to figure out if he won, and then you kind of figured it out when the when the Stenhouse crew was going nuts, like, okay, I think he won. So shout-outs to Ricky. Well, that's and that's where we are. Hockey yep. and, and NASCAR yep. made it on TVs yep. this weekend. Yep. And uh, so it I is saw Ant Man and the or Ant Man the Wasp Quantum Mania. Good, bad. I enjoyed it. Um, okay. I'm also biased. My sweet mate. I liked the first Ant Man. This one's a different one. This is like a space, okay, like war movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm biased though. My sweet mate wrote it, and oh, wow. so uh, look at him made a lot yeah. bigger than you. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, it was also though. It's also a nice like life lesson of. You know when you it's freshman year and you move in and the kid that's coming in and he's always just like making movies like short films whatever mm-hmm. like not not for college like just on his own yeah and it's like yeah that guy made it why that well, guy had a motor yeah well to be fair I had a roommate like that at one point he has not made it yeah it's I, a tough business I mean he my buddy Jeff had he's had like more like he was he wrote for Rick and Morty like he's wrote for Kimmel like he's had bid success but obviously. Having the number like a movie that might make a billion dollars is is a sobering reality of you are right here and yeah. he's up there. Our first tell the truth for mm. Tuesday is you know you were not the most successful I was not. member of your suite no. in college. No, I don't even. I'm I'm just hoping to crack like the top half. We've got a couple of doctors in there too. So oh boy. yeah, oh boy, tough rough, scene. Rough. Well, it's tell the truth Tuesday. We've got lots to talk about with the Tigers after that valiant effort against Houston over the weekend and sort of their you know we're we're down to the nitty gritty. To steal a pun from uh, Penny's restaurant yeah. um, of the college basketball season, uh, we'll discuss that. Also, Grizzlies coming off All Star Weekend, uh, they they're back in action Thursday on national TV on TNT against Philadelphia. Are we getting back with a doubleheader, Tiger? Yes, Tigers. Tiger, we got we got yeah. Tigers at six against Wichita State on ESPN two, and then we've got uh, 
TNT, Grizzlies, the 76ers, probably starting around the same time. Since yeah, I would see the thing six or six thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're getting yeah we're getting a double dip on Thursday. Um, we'll dive into all of that in a little bit here. Uh, Two forty or so. Tim Murray from Vsin will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the uh, how college basketball is shaping up uh, here. Kansas is like to me. I watched that game against TCU last night. Like yeah. very clearly to me, should be the favorite going into the tournament. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win it, but. They look really good. It's great to hear. I have that ticket as well. Mm, interesting. Um, oh, also we have another great point in the college basketball season. Mm. We got coaches complaining about the media. The reason oh. why they're not getting enough teams in, the, no one's getting respect because of the media. Mm. And yeah, Jeff Capel, right? And uh, Mick got involved. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was blaming it on uh, UCLA going to the Big Ten. Mm. Um, yeah, Jeff Capel, was, but that's media Jeff Capel was complaining that the ACC network doesn't mm. promote the league enough, and that's why the league stinks this year. I thought that, was, that one thing, was really good. You know, when Everyone's I, watching the ACC network like for non-games. Well, and I also know when I think about it, when I watch SEC network, when I watch ACC network, and I watch Big Ten network, you know what I always th- come away thinking? Not positive enough on the teams. <laughs> um, so we'll get into that with Tim. Uh, 3 o'clock or so, we will get into the list. Really uh, kind of sad story at Alabama. Um, we got the the first hearing, I guess, from that case involving Darius Miles, the player who shot uh, that girl a couple months ago outside a bar in Tuscaloosa. Turns out what we didn't know until today is that Brandon Miller, the kid from Nashville, who's a top projected top right. five pick in the NBA draft, also involved. And Nate Oates had an interesting comment. We'll get into it in the list. Also, Mark, we got more Pac-12. We got more Pac-12 presidents and ADs speaking as yes, well. Yes, um, yes, yes. Uh, and then, while we were gone, my Washington Commanders got Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> Lashawn McCoy had some. I, had some. Uh, said he gave the he gave the classic like, listen, I want him to succeed. But here's all the reasons why he won't succeed. I, I like that. I got a few text messages on Friday, and everyone had the same theme. Like, why Why the commanders? Everyone had the same. Like, it's not like everyone understood. Like, okay, I understand needing to get away, but it was the same thing that we kept talking about on the show. Like, we don't get this. Yeah. Well, we'll dive into that in the list, and then uh, we'll close things up. Memphis football's full schedule came out today. Dates. No times yet, but dates uh, and home. You know, I think we knew home and away, but dates and kind of yeah, where it lines know, yeah. up. Uh, so we'll we'll analyze the Memphis football schedule to close out today's show and then tell your story. But let's start with some truths, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's start with the Tigers because I do think for the first time in a while, right now they feel like a slightly bigger story than the Grizzlies just because the Grizzlies have been on the All-Star break. And I just think time is of the essence. Yes. Um, and among the things that has happened since they – Lost 72-64 to Houston without Kendrick Davis. A loss that felt like, I mean, it wasn't a win, obviously, but felt like about as encouraging as anything you could have gotten besides a win in that game. It was the ultimate game where you could talk yourself into, man, with Kendrick, this is a different story. Even even with like 10 minutes left in the second half, I go, all right, they've shown me enough to show me if Kendrick's back, they can beat this team at home. I still figured down the stretch Houston would pull away, and they never really did. I no. mean, with under two minutes left, Jonathan Lawson and DeAndre Williams both had opportunities to cut the lead to three. Yeah. Um, or one possession, yeah. I should say. Um, and they, they didn't, obviously, but it just felt like a, a game that was really encouraging just because without, you know, they looked horrible in the first half offensively again, couldn't hold on to the ball. And then they scored in the second half, Jeffrey, they scored more points 
and a half than anyone scored against Houston this entire season. No, in terms of the encouraging aspect of about it, without Kendrick, you could you could easily talk yourself into with Kendrick. This could be a different story, and I think also it was it was kind of nice to see. All right, where do we stack up? Yeah, and you were not at full strength, nowhere close to full strength. And you looked like you belonged on the floor. Doesn't Houston kind of remind you of Tennessee a little bit? Houston, like, I, I like they're this, really good defensively, so they can beat anyone. But like their offense is going, like they can't shoot. I just think they look like the last three or four Houston teams that have been very good. Yeah, but if some of them had, you know, they, there's no Quentin Grimes on this team. Maybe Marcus Sasser. I mean, they have Jerace Walker, who the who the Tigers held in check by and large. He's going to be a lottery pick. I don't know. It just every time I watch Houston play the last couple of years, I keep looking at. I keep looking at their offensive efficiency numbers, and you sit there and go, we need to come up with a better formula because they're always in a quote-unquote efficient offense. Mm -hmm. But when you watch them play, you're like, man, Eh. this is tough watch. Yeah. Well, and I think the key to this one, why it was close, ultimately, Memphis out-rebounded that team. Like, I was was shocked that they out-rebounded that team, and they barely played Malcolm and Ko. Like, they out-rebounded them with small lineups most of the day. And I also think, Memphis shooting from behind the arc is starting to become a more well, consistent aspect well, of their got, offense. You've got Elijah McCadden really coming into his own. He scored 20 points in the second half. Jaden Hardaway's giving you a nice shooting boost off the bench these days. Um, you know, DeAndre is playing well. Um, and, you know, like they, they did that without Keontae Kennedy giving him anything in that game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you looked at it and it's like, okay, they can't take care of the basketball. Their turnovers led to 22 points. And mm-hmm. like, that was kind of the difference. But otherwise you're like, well, you know, one thing that they've cleaned up with Kendrick on the floor, they are not one of the worst teams turning it over. Yeah. Um, but in the aftermath of that, Jeff Goodman, multiple times, both on his field of 68 podcast on Sunday night, as well as I believe a stadium podcast he does with Doug Gottlieb. Basically said like why basically asked the question, why isn't Penny on the hot seat? Because they're gonna they they might only make one NCAA tournament in five years. And one, we're not even done with the fifth year. So that's kind of weird to me to say that. Um Well and further, not only are we not done, right now they're on the right side of the bubble. Yes. Well his point was that's not where Memphis should be. Like Memphis is a program okay. historically that should not be scratching and clawing to get to the NCAA tournament. And I would say this. This is my truth. You can say Penny hasn't quite accomplished everything he could have. Indeed, Penny has mentioned that. Like, he hasn't done exactly what he set out. Like, if you told him in year five, you know, he'd be scratching and clawing for the tournament still and, you know, that sort of thing. He said it previously. Like, that's not what he envisioned when he took the job. But, like, you can't say he should be on the hot seat. Like, come on. Give me a break. Like, it just may- it's just intellectually dishonest. And it's like... It's fishing for, and maybe it's our fault for acknowledging it, but it's like fishing for reaction. Because, like, anyone who knows anything about Memphis, and I think Jeff Goodman knows a little bit about Memphis, the dynamics here. I know he does. Like, to to just, one, completely ignore who Penny Hardaway is in this city is foolish to begin with. But, two, to, like, the team's gotten better every year under Penny. Has it been as improved as, like, what everyone hoped? No, probably not. And again, Penny has admitted that. Admitted that. But like every year, they've gotten better. They've taken another step. It just hasn't been as big a step as you want, uh, or as as he wanted. Um, and so, and I think personally, I think if you really watch this team this year, 
I think this is probably Penny's best coaching job of his five years. Like, I think he's been better, whether it's rotations, whether it's knowing, you know, like implementing scouting reports. Like, I think he was good at scouting reports, but it felt like with previous teams, maybe it was because of the age, like he constantly would come in after losses and go, we didn't execute the game plan. We haven't heard that very much this year. Um, And that's where I look at it. I think it's – I personally think as someone who's watched basically every game of his tenure – I think it's the best coaching job he's done. Yeah, it definitely felt to me, especially when you consider like Field of 68, then they used it as a launching point for more content. I think there was reaction to the Field of 68 thing, and Goodman was like, oh, let's do this again. And that's fine. I also think, though, the problem with the argument is, there's like if you want to just distill it down to, is one NCAA tournament in five years acceptable for Memphis basketball? Okay, can we also acknowledge this five-year window has been a very different five-year window mm-hmm. in which one year, one of those years, the NCAA tournament was canceled. Yes. Now, you They could, probably weren't going to make the tournament that year. You could point out they were on the outside looking in, but it was canceled. The next year you had the weird COVID year in which you didn't really get your non-conference game, so you lost your opportunities. You went to that tournament in South Dakota to start the year, and you had a a terrible start. And you couldn't schedule. Like, we've seen now in the AAC, and it's going to be especially true next year, like, you have to schedule very well in non-conference play in this league. It's just the reality. And he wasn't able to that year. And it almost feels like you have to schedule really well just to play yourself to the position that the Tigers are in right now, Mm -hmm. in which... All right, you're in the tournament, but it's not comfortable right now. Yeah. No, and I mean, they've lost a couple games they shouldn't have. The UCF game on the road, they shouldn't have lost that. The Tulane game at home, they should. If they don't lose those two games, they are comfortably in the field. Yeah. But, you know? I just, I just think, you know, let's the take Seton it, Hall game. Let's take it on a year-by-year basis. All right, the first year he's coaching a roster that largely he did not recruit. Yeah, like he, got, he brought in Lomax, uh, Tyler Harris, and remember, he had like David Winget yes. and like uh, uh, Antoine Jones, yeah. guys who flamed out after a year. Correct. Did he maximize that roster? I mean, I don't know what the ceiling of that roster is, but I felt like at when we got to the end of the year, there, I never felt like they made the yeah. NIT. They won twenty games and yeah. made the NIT. I felt like he did about with that roster what you could he expect. Did, he did better than Tubby did with Correct. basically that roster the year before. Okay, the next year is obviously the Wiseman year. And I think it's fair to say there were plenty of distractions on that team. Well, and the guy who was the centerpiece of the team Correct. played three games for you. Correct. So then you're dealing with that. And rem- people forget. They had like a nine. Was it that a team nine was 11-1 and one and ranked in the top 15 after that. And then, DJ, remember, DJ Jeffries went down to injury and things kind of came apart down the stretch. But that team would have made the probably would have made the NIT if – there had been a postseason. They would not have been an NCAA tournament team. They were. They had to win the. They AAC were probably going to have to win the tournament. Yeah. Now, would that have been impossible? No, they were not favored to win the tournament. I think you can say that's a slightly disappointing year, but at the same time, it's like he didn't really have the team he thought he was going to have. No, but I think the other thing though is that year did feel chaotic. Yeah. Just in general, there were. The other thing is like when you compare it to this year, when we talk about this team, one thing that I think is unquestionably true about this team, Mm -hmm. this team feels stable. Yes. Yes. They've lost some games they shouldn't have, but like all in all, you haven't had the drama of past years. And you know what you're getting from them night in, night out. 
by and large. So and, then you get to then you get to the COVID year where they couldn't schedule non-con games. Didn't and, have DeAndre Williams for the first eight games of the year. Correct. And by the end of the year, they were playing really good basketball. Unfortunately, it was that weird year where it was hard to get the metrics that you were going to need, mm-hmm. and they didn't. And I think there was a consensus that like they were playing like an NCAA tournament team at the end of the season. And oh, by the way, they also got some bad luck in that Wichita. Remember the the Houston? They didn't get to play the Houston game at home that year. So, Wichita, and then Wichita got the one seed in the AAC tournament, and that meant Memphis had to play Houston in the semis instead of the finals. Of the yeah, AAC it tournament. was that weird year where we had COVID rules, where Memphis was expecting to play Houston twice. Yes, but because of COVID. A game got canceled or something. Houston was able to say, basically, they were able to cancel the Memphis home game and only played Houston once on the road. Mm-hmm. And I think was that the buzzer? Was that the buzzer beater? Which buzzer beater? The banked in Houston. Yes, it the, was the banked in Houston three. I believe that was. Oh well, maybe that was the year before. That might have been the year before. Eh, maybe maybe you're right. They all run together, but I I think that that was that year. I think the banked in three was the COVID year. Let's see here. Yep, 2020, yeah, 2021. Was pretty sh- and yep. so they just didn't have the opportunity. Now, that game should have gone to overtime. They didn't win the game. Right, it was tied. They weren't going to yes. win the game. Um, and I've recall that was another game where, like, if Memphis hit some free throws, they would have been mm-hmm. – they would have perhaps won the game. But that's that weird year where by the time the tournament had started, they were a tournament team – in look and feel, but they did not have the metrics. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, last year it was chaotic, but they got the, to the tournament ultimately. But they stabilized. They got to the tournament. They went. They a won game. a game. Yep. You could make the argument if things had broken right from the year before, it's them who's in the first four and not Wichita State that year. Well, I think that was the other thing. I think they'd beaten Wichita State. I thought they beat them twice that year. I'm not. I know. I don't think they played the second game. They didn't play the Wichita State second Wichita State game or the Houston. Because I remember that whole last week having to get rearranged, and there was like, remember they were like thinking about trying to play on a Friday. They were like trying to play a two game series. I mean, they ended up thirty one in Kempom that year. Yeah, they only played Wichita State once and won by twenty points. Yeah, at home and Wichita State because by definition of quote unquote winning the regular season, they put Wichita State in. Yep. So to me, the reason why I'm, I'm pointing all that out. To me, this is less of a Penny Hardaway Memphis basketball issue. This is an AAC issue mm-hmm. in which you're now getting into a league where you're only getting two bids. Well, and and would, if you look at if you look at over the course of time, yes, they only have one bid in that course of time. I don't believe anyone else has a second bid other than Houston. Yes. I mean, I think I looked it up last year. I haven't updated it, but I believe during Penny's tenure, even though I don't know if he's finished second place in the league, he has the second most AAC wins they don't in the league the, like, since. They don't have the volatility of some of the other teams that have kind of like snuck up. Like, well, and I would point this out. If he makes the tournament this year, Jeffrey, he will have made two NCAA tournaments in five years. You know who else did that in Memphis? John Calipari in his first five years. And he made, in the fifth year, he went to the NIT. So it's actually been remarkably a remarkably similar start to what it was under John Calipari, if we're being totally honest. He, now, Calipari... You know, he he went to the NIT three times and went all the way to the semis, 1-1 in 2 But, like, it's been remarkably similar to what John Calipari did his first five years in Memphis, and then he took off, obviously, um, the last four years he was here. 
But like this this concept that he should be on the hot seat, one ignores again the circumstances of Penny Hardaway in Memphis, but two, like doesn't actually jive with the reality of the history of the program even at well, times. Do you have Kelvin's first four years at Houston? I mean, if I recall, Kelvin kind of had the same type thing where I think Kelvin, his first three years, did not get into the tournament. Um, no, for, uh, let's see, that's Oklahoma. Here we go. Yeah, didn't make the postseason his first year. Lost in the first round of the NIT his second and third year. Then has made the tournament every year since then. So it took him three years. His fourth year is when he got to the tournament. Okay, but that's not... That's the same as Penny. That's not really a different formula. It's what Goodman said. I'm surprised he said it, other than like he was obviously trying to get some traction via clicks. Because like field of sixty eight, this feels like the time of the year for field of sixty eight. Yeah, it's it's basically a startup, but well, it's content. Well, I'm saying like field of sixty eight implies it's NCAA tournament. So I mean, it's a college basketball centric Mm -hmm. website, podcast, multimedia, and I'm not. But it just I don't know. To me, it struck me more as this is a content item. Yeah, it did. It like especially after that game. Like Penny coached a hell of a game in that game. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you could go to that game and be disappointed in Memphis. No, I think everyone else who's talked about it has come away going, man, they can beat Houston. Well, I think they can take them down. I think everyone that watched the game had one of two reactions, which is that reaction that you just mentioned right there. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if they get they get Kendrick back healthy. That could be a that could be a heck of a basketball game. Or, man, are we sure about this Houston team? I came away with both. Like, I, I will not be picking Houston. I mean, I guess matchups matter, but I don't know if I trust that Houston team to, you know, get past the Sweet 16. I mean, it just feels to me like a lot of the Kelvin Sampson tournament teams where if they get into if they get into a game against someone that can outshoot them, they could be, mm-hmm. they could be in trouble, but you know what they're going to do. They're going to play tenaciously, and it's going to be a fight. When I thought something interesting... You know, the TV announcers are getting a lot of heat for talking about DeAndre's age. Something they did say that was interesting was Penny apparently told them, like, I know Houston better than any team in the country. Like, he has studied Houston more than any team in the country. That's what he said to the TV announcers. And I kind of buy that because the way Penny operates to me is he always looks at, okay, who's the class of the league? Well, I just think about last year. Last year, remember when they got to the championship game and lost? And it was like... You're about to get picked to the, the NCAA tournament. And, like, they were so disappointed that they didn't win an AAC title yeah. that day. Like, I just remember I was stunned because it was, like, the first time you're making the tournament in seven years. And then, like, no one, there was no rejoicing. It was more just kind of disappointed that they had lost to Houston in the, in, the tur- in the AAC tournament championship game. Yeah, and I also, if I recall correctly, they finally got over, like, that SMU hunt. Hump, who you know, it's going to be eerily similar. It yeah, feels I mean, like it's... to last year's AAC tournament. They're going to play Wichita or UCF, and then they're going to play Tulane, and they're going to the same thing, same, same yeah. scenario with SMU last year, where SMU won both regular season games, Tulane won both regular season games. This year, you get a chance to vanquish them, and then you're probably going to play Houston. I guess kind of where I bottom line out on this topic is. Throughout Penny's tenure, I do think there are things you could criticize. I just don't think Penny Hardaway's coaching this year has been yeah. been a problem. No, I don't either. Um, all right, let's tell the truth. I, I think this applies to both the Tigers and the Grizzlies. They both play on Thursday. 
Injury report is the most important thing for those two teams over the next 48 hours. Does Kendrick Davis play? And do we see the return of Steven Adams, especially because you've got Philadelphia and Joel Embiid on Thursday, and then the Nuggets and yeah. Nikola Jokic come to Memphis on Saturday night? It does feel more pressing for the Tigers on Thursday. Yes, because, I mean, we're talking about all this Houston stuff. The reality is, like, if they, like, we've said it all along. At this point, I feel more confident than ever. If they win the next three, yeah. they're going to make the tournament. If they don't win the next three, they might have to beat Houston at home. Yeah, I guess the way you could maybe phrase it is, of their final four games, I think they have to win three of them. Yeah, I think that's probably right. But, like, if you look at their resume, Texas A&M is now a quad one win. Yep. They've got the win over Auburn, Auburn. That's a quad one win. Okay. And then they only have one quad three loss. Like, there's not many bubble teams that have that clean of a resume. And you just look at all these bubble teams the last couple of weeks. Like, yeah. They just keep, like, Like, are you really going to put UNC in over Memphis? I mean, maybe. You know, it'd only be because of brand. Like, I don't get the sense that's where it's trending. No, neither do I. Um, but obviously, yeah, for both of them. So, it, does Kendrick Davis play Thursday? Does Steven Adams play Thursday? My gut, this is like I would call it speculation, because that's what we do on this show. I think it's more, I would say it's more likely Kendrick plays Thursday than Steven Adams. I that's think, my gut. I think I agree with you on that. Because they're not going to rush. There's no need, I, even though they have those two games, there really isn't a need to rush Steven Adams back. And they're only going to have had one practice, it appears, before that Sixers game. Whereas there is a real pressing need for Kendrick to come back. Yeah, because it all goes back to me, like, the nature of the American. Like, the reality is, if you don't have Kendrick, I know you played well in the second half against Houston. It significantly alters your odds of winning the Wichita State game and the Cincinnati game. You're not going to get credit, quote-unquote, for beating Wichita State, but you're going to take a heck of a lot of blame if you don't, and that's just kind of the nature of where they are. But I do think you can kind of use that as a motivational tactic. I mean, you're still, you're just essentially going down a survive-in-advance type formula. Yeah. Now, I will say this about the Grizzlies. A little worried about their mental health, especially Ja Morant. Like, did you see some of his interviews after the game? Like, he seemed just he seemed just uh, drained, if that makes sense. And, I, and, you know, I almost – part of me when I was watching it was like, man, I kind of wish he had, like, faked an injury and, like, not gone – not had to go to Salt Lake City and gotten a real break. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get Maybe he would have had to go anyways because of sponsorship obligations. I just kind of look at it this way for Jolly. This is just the nature of the beast now, man. Yeah. When you're going to be this corporation, when you're going to be this brand. Well, you saw LeBron. LeBron didn't show up till Sunday. LeBron didn't show up till game day. They, like, altered the press conference schedule for LeBron because, like, every player in the All-Star game was required to do a press conference, and they moved LeBron's to Sunday afternoon. Well, I mean, Mark, I also don't know if you saw, though, but LeBron's got the 23 most important games of his career coming up. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying with Ja, but, like, I don't know. When I looked at it, I was like, eh, that looks like a guy that, you know, probably did some partying because mm-hmm. that seemed to be. I did notice there was, like, he posted it on his Instagram stories. Like, there was some sort of whatever his group's called, MBNO. Like, they had a, they mm-hmm. had a party, like, Friday night maybe in Salt Lake City. I mean, they said they rented a house. Yeah. So he did some partying. And then, yeah, you had the other aspect of it where – Hey man, you're one of Nike's. You're one of Nike's signature guys now, and so they built an entire like ice they, thing. They for did the you. product launch, and so like that that takes time, and I, that's just the nature of if you want to be this billion dollar athlete, that's that's the nature of the beast. I mean, do you think we're gonna see a refresh? Because like ultimately, 
the reality we can like beat around the bush for basically like a month now. They have not looked like themselves by and large, the Grizzlies. And do you think we are going to see a refreshed version coming out of the All Star break? Well, let's go back to the first, the first part of your question. How much do we believe of them not looking themselves was the loss of Steven Adams? I think certainly some of it plays into it. Plays into it. Some, like you can't deny where the numbers have gone since he left the lineup. You can't deny that. But I also think while Steven Adams covered up a lot, they should they should be able to like I, I don't know they should have been able to handle that better. If well, that makes and sense. and I think it's also important to note while Steven was still playing, they still lost some games they shouldn't have in, yes. in this similar type fashion. Mm-hmm. I think I would be more concerned like if they had to play tonight. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you could leave Sunday, Jaron said what he's taking a I think he's taking two one day, day a one trips, day meditation a one day meditation break or something. Uh-oh. Is he Aaron Rodgers? He said he's not. I believe okay, he talked no, to Drew Hill and okay, said he's no, not. No ayahuasca. Yeah. Uh no uh, blackout curtains if you will. I I would be much more concerned if they had to like turn right around and play. There's still the opportunity to kind of get rested up and then come back. But to me, you know, the big part of the big part of what they're going to look like when they return is not only when does Steven return, what's Steven's form? Because Taylor Jenkins had mentioned, you know, when he comes back, we think he's going to be healthy and good to go. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be the case? I do think one of the good things is, like, his game doesn't rely on athleticism, ultimately. I mean, I'm with you on that. But, but defensively, in, like, pick-and-roll situations, you know, we saw, like, for instance, Malcolm coming back from a long break. He did not look the same defensively, even when he was coming back. And that's why I think he didn't play. Uh, a lot in that game. Um, he looked a step slow. And I expect something similar from Adams at first. He's missed, I mean, ultimately he's missed a month. Well, to me, it's, I understand if you're someone whose game is not predicated on pure athleticism, I understand the thought of, well, even if he comes back, you know, maybe a step slow, it's not as significant as if Ja were to come back a step yeah. slow or Jaron were to come back a step slow. I would still make the argument it's a problem in this sense that if your body's not moving like you expect it to, that creates problems for you performing. Now, I will say, we've seen with the Grizzlies, like, typically these guys have come back, and then, like, the first game or two they look rusty, but then they ultimately look like themselves pretty quickly with how they've, whatever they do during the rehab process, the on-ramping or whatever it is. Yeah, I think, I think how you say it is the appropriate way to say it. Usually when guys come back, and especially the, offensively, the first game or two, they look you, rusty. You, they look more rusty than you do. Man, they don't look good. Like, they don't yeah. look healthy. It's usually, it's usually that. But I, I don't know. I, I think I'm – I kind of expect them to look – I don't I just, know if they'll I look just, like the best they've looked all year, but I do think they're going to look – I, I just want them to look more. like themselves again. Like, that's by and large the problem I've had with the last month. They just – other than a game here or there, they have not really looked like themselves and again, I know Adams is part of that, but even just up and down the lineup, there's not the same vibe that there was prior to that. And like this stretch we've talked about coming out of the break, these 11 games, like ultimately I'm not concerned about it from the perspective of keeping the two seed. I'm more concerned about it if they look more like themselves, they will keep the two seed. And if they don't, they might not. See, I think the bigger issue that I, that I have is it's not necessarily – night in, night out, how they look. It's There have been plenty of games where you see the first unit come out 
play a great first quarter, and you're like, that looks like the Grizzlies. But then as the game goes on... No, we've seen in the fourth quarter especially. They have not executed the way they have previously in four. Like, it's looked like the fourth quarter execution that we saw in, like, the Golden State series. I think I'm most... And this is with Ja in the lineup. I think what I'm most focused on right when the return from the break is, what does Dylan look like mm-hmm. offensively? Yeah, does he get out of his slump? What does Tyus look like offensively? Mm-hmm. And then when they re-implement Steven Adams, what does that look like? Well, to heard- me, like, it's in general, it's like, what does that second unit look like? Because they've they've had problems. Yeah. No, and if you trace back, I don't think enough people have talked about it. I think I heard Brevin Knight say this. If you track Tyus Jones' struggles lately, yep. it also tracks to when Steven Adams left the line. Yeah. Um, so, uh, interesting moment for both teams in the city coming up this week. Um, Thursday, Tigers play Wichita State on the road. Sunday, they get Cincinnati at home. Grizzlies Thursday against Philly on national TV. And then Saturday night in FedEx Forum uh, against the number one te- team in the West, the Denver Nuggets. When we come back, we're going to talk to Tim Murray. We'll get into college hoops with him. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any NHL game. 
If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any NHL game. If you miss only one leg on your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Turn game time into showtime with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older, and you must be in Tennessee. Visit Beg your pardon, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as now withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. Tim Murray is, of course, the co-host of VSIN Live, airing from 5 until 8 p.m. each and every night, weeknight, I should say, on VSIN. All right, Tim, before we get into college basketball, Mark and I have been discussing what do you make of Eric Bieniemy to to y'all's commanders? How, how do y'all how are y'all how are y'all sorting this out? Because everyone I talk to gives me the same question. We get Eric Bieniemy wanting to leave, but why the commies? That's uh, a it's a great question. I haven't fully <laughs> uh, gotten the the proper answer. Um, I guess it all comes down to supply and demand, and and how many opportunities were out there for him to go to a spot where it seems like he's going to have full autonomy, um, at least kind of from what I gather. Um, he's going to really run the offense there. Ron Rivera's a defensive-minded coach. And I think there's some belief, whether true or not, that you know, if a new owner comes in, that maybe Eric Bieniemy is – is there waiting in line to get bumped up to head coach? And Ron Rivera is kind of the the scapegoat. So I've heard that as a as a possibility. I like that theory. That now we're cooking with gas. Now now I'm, that's that's when I'm like, okay, I can see that. Yeah. So I mean, look, it, it it on the surface it seems odd, right? I mean, if you don't know anything about anything, and you're like, wait, you're this is a franchise that's kind of been irrelevant for almost three decades and he just won two Super Bowls. Why would he be hitching his wagon to that franchise? I think that's fair to think. Um I, I don't know. I mean I you know, I, I'm not there uh, anymore. Um, you know, I, I still keep tabs on it. Um it is it's it's a bit odd and, and especially with the quarterback position kind yeah. of being uh, what's it not it is. even there's like a clear cut young quarterback or anything like it's like the, you're gonna go in with Sam Howell right the only thing I would say is that outside of the quarterback which is obviously the position in all of football they got a lot of really fascinating pieces right you've yeah. got Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson in the backfield a you know a thunder lightning type of punch you've got I mean Dotson's a good receiver McLaurin can, we know could, is, could, yeah. could you say that the at least two I mean, I would say the top two receivers in Washington would be the best receiver. Not tight end. Obviously, that's Kelsey. Top two receivers, I think, could be the best receivers in, in Kansas City. You could argue. Oh, I mean, yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster yeah, Smith was, you know, he was an afterthought when he went there. So, I mean, Terry McLaurin for sure. And Jahan Dotson's a first-round pick. So he's got a lot of pieces to work with. Now, he doesn't have Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, which is kind of some some big issues. But... It's it's kind of a weird, unsculpted piece of clay. And, you know, Scott Turner, um, the offense coordinator that just fired, was kind of the scapegoat uh, in all of this in, in the season that, that kind of uh, transpired here. So it, it's it's odd, certainly, to say the least. But I guess from I my understanding it. is he's, you know, he's he's kind of – 
this is his offense. He's going to get to bring in some of the staff that he wants, and I guess he's going to get to build it up the way that he wants and and showcase to the NFL that, hey, yeah, I may interview bad, reportedly. Or, you know, LaShawn McCoy thinks, yeah. uh, don't do anything. And yeah. Andy Reid does it all. Well, here's his opportunity with not a completely empty cupboard. I'll say that, right? It, this is a cupboard that has some pieces if they can figure out the quarterback position, if Sam Howell is better than... Look, my co-host on a nightly basis who played quarterback in the NFL and recruited uh, at a pretty high level at South Florida, you know, when, when they were doing some special things at, at USF and the AAC, he said Sam Howell, in his opinion, was the best quarterback in last year's draft class. So take that for what you will. Um, you know, I, that, I didn't say that. that. That was his words, and mm. I... I, I so we'll we'll see how this all plays out. I'm not ready to crown. I'm not ready to give a guy a QB one after throwing 19 passes against what seemed to be a very uh, disinterested, uninspired, yes. disinterested Cowboys team in Week 18. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, you had to do it if you're Washington. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, I think everyone's kind of in the same boat. Of we get Washington's stance in this. It was your chance to go get, a, you know, what is thought to be a commodity. I. It's just. You know, I sit there and look at it. It's like, well, if you knew the Chargers were going to need an offensive coordinator, wouldn't you rather go hitch your wagon to Herbert or whatnot? But, I mean, maybe the Chargers, who are notoriously cheap, weren't going to let him build up the staff like he wanted to do. And maybe they didn't want to wait. Yeah. I mean, that seems silly, but maybe they didn't want to wait. I mean, we knew that the Ravens were interested. Um you know they. You know Beanie got the assistant head coach title. Uh, I don't know what that leads to more money or. I it, it is. It seems risky, uh, certainly for Eric Bieniemy, but maybe this was the point. He's like, look, I won two Super Bowls, um, and it doesn't seem like people believe in my skill set to be a head coach. So this is the the risk that I have to take. And you know, if if it doesn't work out, you don't think Andy Reid will take him back? He well, just took Matt, Matt Nagy, Nagy back. Yeah. So it certainly seems like if it fails, he could go back to Kansas City. There are worse places to fall back than Kansas City. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating. All right, let's switch course to college hoops. Um, yeah, we, got, we got some we got special some bets. Um, well, I'm curious first. I want to get your thought. Like UNC lost again this weekend. They've now lost five of six. Um, the ACC is now, according to Ken Palm, lower rated than the Mountain West. That's just that's They've just, been that way for a couple weeks now, guys. Yeah. That's just. That's just the media talking. Well, yeah, according to Jeff Cable, it's because yes. the ACC network does not yes. promote the league enough. Yes, um, there's just one thing I know: league, league networks. Don't lose do- it, don't lose it, Virginia Tech, Jeff. Yeah. Well, speaking. By of, the way, oh, where dreams go to die tonight, huh? They've won oh, their yeah. last we'll, four at home. We'll get we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. That what, that what? was that was a glorious spot this weekend. By the way, Pittsburgh, who had won I think six straight, was catching six. Against Virginia Tech, who had lost just lost to Georgia Tech. Guess who your boy was on? Yeah, Virginia Tech. Hokey. Come on, now. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, do you think is are we really going to see the defending national champion or national finalist UNC preseason number one preseason, pre-season number, number one, one not make the NCAA tournament? Right now, they wouldn't be in it. Um, I talked to. I had two. I did the morning show today on Vsin, and we had two two different bracketologists on. Both had the the Tar Heels out of the field. They can get in. They can get back in because here's the issue. They right? still got UVA and Duke. 
They have UVA and Duke both at home, probably going to be around a pick them for both of those games, maybe even a slight favorite. Per Ken Palm, there'd be a favorite in both of those games. Here's the issue. They have as many quad one wins as the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Zippy. I mean, the, the crazy thing is Kansas just notched their 14th quad one win mm. last night. 14th. And those two teams played each other last year in the, in the championship game. And Kansas is uh, just, I mean, that's ridiculous. But, yeah, UNC has had plenty of opportunities, and it's crazy to think it. But, yeah, right now they're out. Um, can they play themselves? Look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if they get a, a win over Duke or a win over Virginia, win a game or two on a neutral, um, you know, in the ACC tournament, wouldn't it be nice if one of the biggest brands in all the sport somehow landed out in Dayton, Ohio on true TV? Wouldn't that be nice? I could certainly see that happening. So, um, I mean, their remember, dream their dream is Kentucky, North Carolina, Dayton. Kentucky right? keeps <laughs> yeah. winning, though. The problem I, is Kentucky's yeah. up on like an eight or nine line right now because of two wins over Tennessee now. The Mississippi State win last week was a quad one win. So Kentucky's actually played themselves off of Dayton. But, you know, I'll say this. Uh, Notre Dame, who ended up, I think, tied for first in the regular season last year, but the metrics were awful, just terrible. Somehow they ended up in Dayton, you know, so... I wouldn't be surprised. They they can't lose to both Virginia and Duke. They have to win one of those games. If they win one of those games and they go to the ACC tournament, win a couple neutral site games against tomato cans, which will all likelihood, and then you know lose in the semis to whoever, then I think they get in. But as of right now, North Carolina is out. I'm curious. You do your show from Circa, yeah, and it's one of the sharpest books. That mo- most gamblers don't respect Circa as much. What's the scuttlebutt about college basketball this year? Do they think that it's as good? Do they think you know? It feels like we do this every single year. The bubble stinks. Uh, there's no good teams. What's kind of the what's kind of the consensus from the people that have a vested interest in it? We're gonna make some money this year. I think that's that's yeah. the thought is because you know right now. And, you know, we just started up a, a college basketball podcast. Uh, subscribe if you don't mind. Um, and we were talking about this last week, which was you you can't right now bet Houston, bet Kansas, bet uh, Purdue. that The odds are too low, and there's too much volatility. I mean, yeah. Alabama, which I know they're dealing with a whole other thing going on right now with uh, murder weapons. Um, but... Um, you know, they're a team that lost by 24, what, three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago to Oklahoma, you know? I mean, the the uh, the, the likelihood, it seems like, of a team making a run a la UNC last year seems very likely this year. So it's it's a very fascinating college basketball and uh, season. And I, I've, you know, this past couple of weeks, guys, I've just been kind of like, Looking around, ooh, I'll take a nibble of that. Uh, Virginia forty to one, maybe. Uh, TCU forty to one, okay, give that a try. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm trying. Arizona twenty two to one. They got a lot of athletes. I'll pluck that out. You know, so that's what I've been doing. And I think a lot of people who follow the game closely are are just looking around and saying, okay, there's no dominant team, right? Yes, Houston's got a gaudy record, but you guys live in AAC land. Good, good cover by Memphis the other night, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston also lost the Temple. Like that, you can't lose the Temple. Like so at home, right? So it's just 
I think this year is is kind of a an it, it's some people out there are going to win a lot of money because there's going to be a team who's going to make a run and they're going to have had at some point in this season some pretty long odds. Hell, look at Creighton. Creighton was the darling of everybody's eye preseason. They lose six straight. Ryan Kalkbrenner, their center, has mono. So they're six and six. Everyone's like, duh, done. And that, then they pop at like 40 or 50 to one not that long ago. And here they are red hot. You know, I'm not saying this team's going to make a run, but Texas A&M, if you look at BartTorvik.com, Texas A&M is the second best team in the country in 2023, right? Started the year awful, lost to Wofford at home, had a uh, they lost to Colorado by like 30, and now Buzz Williams' squad with a big game tonight against Tennessee is 12 and 2 in conference play and according to some metrics, one of the best teams in the country in the past 6-7 weeks. And that's all you need, man. That's all you need is to get hot at the right time and I think we could very well see a team just just hit it at the right moment, and a forty or fifty to one shot could 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 come home. Do you have any bets for tonight? You mentioned the Virginia Tech Miami game. Anything else? So there's a couple trends I want to let you guys in on. Um, and before we get to the one that is kind of sweeping the the world here, should we call wor- it the Bear Principle out of respect for the man? Uh, before I get to that, there's right. one that's more profitable. Do you okay. know what that is? I'm unaware. Please. It's an AAC trend. Mm. Mm. Uh, never, close, never close lay, never lay the points. No. Fade Tulsa. Mm. Mm. Tulsa. The Miss theory. If yes, you will. yes. Tulsa. The, by Kermit Davis theory. Is three, twenty-one and two against the spread. <laughs> they are covering. At a twelve and a half percent, they're due. Clip, maybe they are due. Um, I look. I have not watched the Tulsa game my uh, this entire year, so I'm not going to champion Tulsa. I'm just pointing out the fact that this team is three twenty one and two against the spread. They're a home underdog, shockingly, uh, to East Carolina tonight. Oh God! Uh, so uh, the Pirates. That's really don't, bad. Don't screw it up. ECU. Um, so, uh, so there you go. Uh, as for the other trend that I tweeted it out, and like, you know, gam- you know, gambling Twitter's getting uh, getting big when uh, one of my most retweeted things ever is a trend uh, <laughs> regarding unranked home favorites. Mm. I-, I feel like we've been talking about that. We've been talking about this situation since college football. So, oh, yeah, your show. We've been on to this, right? This is the neighbor Nick theory. Oh, this yeah. is this is all. This is hey. You know, even last night, I was sitting in my kitchen, ultimately was on the wrong side. I was on TCU last night. You know, they went 15 of, they went 13 of 45 from inside, too. It was wonderful. But I, we had some friends over, casual sports fans, and he's like, TCU's a favorite against Kansas? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what side are you on? I'm like, TCU. I'm like, oh, bingo. Oh, really? Yeah. So here we go tonight. Uh, 13th ranked Miami, six game winning streak. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 